welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org. Over to Dave. Good morning, everybody. What a great day. Lovely weekend. But more importantly, a wonderful celebration for three people. Uh, Mary, Jackie, and Helen. Um, we're going to see them baptized. And it is such a good time because it all ties in. The, the symbolism of, of baptism ties in completely with the Easter story. So I'm going to start at the book of Genesis and, and I'm going to finish at the book of Revelation this morning. <laughs> so if you've, <clears throat> if you've, book, if you've uh, booked a restaurant for... Half past 12, you better change it till 3 o'clock. No, I won't be that long. Believe me, it's about 10 minutes, I hope. Okay, but I will talk about some of the things that are symbolic and some things that are actually complete and utter nailed on truth. Um, I was, I, I love, I used to play a lot of golf in my, in my youth. Uh, I don't play so much now. I don't have the time. And I'm not as good as I used to be, and so it's really frustrating to think that I used to be good, and then I can't actually do what I used to be able to do. But I love watching the, the Masters golf. I don't know how many of you watched that last Sunday, Saturday and Sunday. There's one of you, praise God, that somebody understands what I'm going to talk about. But there's a, a very famous golfer called Tiger Woods. Anyone heard of Tiger Woods? Okay, three hands have gone up. That's excellent. I'm really, really with me today. Um, Tiger Woods has been one of the best golfers around, but he had a few issues in his life. Uh, mainly his, his backswing, actually. But, <laughs> but unfortunately, his uh, moral compass went off uh, some years ago. And it, although he was married, he had many affairs and uh, was very abusive to people, including his wife, who tried to hit him with a golf club, which I think she probably almost uh, succeeded in doing. He also then got into, because of an injury he had, he ended up taking a lot of painkilling drugs, which he got hooked on, and uh, he ended up in, in, uh, in the police custody. And there's a really horrible mugshot of him looking very miserable, because he was. He was at the bottom of his life. Somebody on the... He then won this last weekend uh, the Masters. And it's the first time he's won anything uh, for many years, 10 years or so. And one of the, the reporters who was on Radio 5 who was explaining this said, you know, we can all judge people, but we have all done something wrong in the past. We can all say, I have done something wrong. And I thought, this is wonderful, actually, that people in the world can acknowledge that. You see, where I start in Genesis, which is where people sinned, Adam and Eve sinned, and we all have that, that DNA that makes us do things wrong. We try to do things right, we would want to do things right, but we end up doing things wrong. But God knew that, and he had a plan, and it culminated in Easter. He saw all the, 
the, uh, the people of Israel trying to live by the Ten Commandments and they couldn't do it. But his plan was always to send his son. So I'm going to just explain the, the, the whole of the Easter message and go through from Good Friday where as we know, I hope we know, that uh, Jesus was tried and he was put on the cross. Now, Leslie had a, a revelation the other, the other week that she brought in church. That's my wife. She's not here, unfortunately, today. But she said that Jesus, when he was on the cross, he could have called on all the angels of heaven to take, her, take him off the cross. Uh, but he chose to stand there or to be nailed there and not to call on the, on the angels of God to take him down. Why? Because he knew and he made a choice to take the punishment that we all deserved on, him, on himself. He took that. But he is God. He is 100% man and 100% God. There's a conundrum you can chew on over your Sunday dinner today. But as he, he knew in his humanity that this was going to be exceptionally painful. We see in, the, in the, the Gospels that he actually sweated blood. That is, we now know, a medical condition when you are so stressed that you actually sweat blood because he knew what it was going to cost him to take the sin for us. So we see him, Good Friday, nailed to the cross. He dies for our sins. He's then put in the grave for three days. And then on Easter Sunday today, we celebrate the fact that death could not hold him and he rose from the dead. So Neil, are you, are you the one who's going to help me with my visuals? <laughs> okay, I, I like to demonstrate things so, so that people can understand what these things mean. So, I have three stones here. They could be called David, Phil, and Neil, but today they are called Mary, Jackie, and Helen. Okay? Now, Neil. Neil is in the pool. If you can't see, he's in the pool. So can you all see these stones? They are different sizes, different shapes. They're wonderful textures. They're very different to each other, but they are all stones. Now, Neil, you're going to do an experiment for you. Can you see if this one will float? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try that one as well. It's, it's sunk. News. It's sunk. So it's the second one. It's a nice small one. Oh, it's sunk. Now, how long are we going to have to wait for those stones to rise up and float? 
Anyone good at physics? I think eternity, I think. Yes, James. Quite a while, you're dead right. Excellent. Now, I have, I, I spared no expense, and I bought three balls. Let's call them Mary, Jackie, and Helen. And just for comedy value, they've got faces on them. Now, Neil, could you see if these will sink? Put them into the bottom of the pool and see what happens. <laughs> You've got to do it again now, Neil. This is a stitch. you were Thank you, James. Let's put it back in there. Last one. Excellent. The conclusion is the the stones sink, the balls bounce up. Here is the illustration, as if you haven't already worked it out. When we are dead in our sins, we are like stones. We cannot get out of the pool. We cannot rise up. But when we are born again and we meet Jesus, we confess our sins, we are transformed. The Bible says we are a new creation. And you are changed from being a stone to being a ball, <laughs> symbolically. Helen is looking rather quizzical now. <laughs> Death cannot hold you any longer. It will not keep you down. Sin has no power over you anymore. You will rise up. Not because of anything you've done, because you are, if you like, a stone. You cannot get yourself out of the water in your sinfulness. But when you meet Jesus, you are resurrected. Now we have to live our lives here in this sort of way. But there is another part to the the Easter message. So after Jesus died and he rose again, defeated death, took all our punishment on himself for us, he chose us, Then he reappeared to his disciples. And then after 40 days, he ascended into heaven. You see, some people think, well, it's like Lazarus. If you know the story of Lazarus, he died. Jesus brought him back to life. But actually, we don't hear anything more about Lazarus. But let me me tell you, he's just like us. He died again, physically. His spirit, however, went to heaven. Jesus died, he rose again, and then he ascended into heaven. He is alive. He is still alive. He hasn't sort of, after 2,000 years, died again. He is eternal. He is still alive. He is in heaven. And that is what our hope is. Our hope is that although our lives here in this world, the struggles and the difficulties, the pain and suffering that we have here, we have a hope 
that in heaven we will meet with Jesus. We know this. Hope is not, uh, well, I, I, I hope uh, Arsenal win tomorrow or today even. That's a fairly dubious thing to build your life on, I'm afraid, the Arsenal. But hope is a certainty. It's absolute certainty that when you die and you are born again, you will rise and you will be in heaven for eternity. That's what eternal life is. And in, in heaven, there is no sin. There is no separation from loved ones. There is no death. There is joy. There is praising God. There is a wonderful hope and future that we have. So, Mary, Jackie, and Helen, that is what awaits you. Let your life be changed. I I hope you will not misunderstand what I say now. Don't try to be a nice person just because you've become a Christian. Become a nice person because you have met Jesus, you have a new hope, you are free from your sin. You will change as you get to know Jesus. You will not change just by trying, like a rock, to get out of the water. Change by getting to know him more, praising him, reading his words, and loving him. Then you will change step by step. I used to, and I still do, I don't, I've been a Christian 25 years, but in the first 24 years, I used to step back and see, I have changed so much from the sinful person I used to be, the way I used to think. Isn't it crazy what loving Jesus has done for me? And I wish the same for you. I hope and pray the same for you, that you will be changed by the power and blessing of God. I'm I'm almost finished. There are three things that you have changed. Freedom, identity, and hope. You are now free from your sin. You are free to make choices for yourselves now. You are no longer confined by what other people want you to do. But you are now under the kingdom and rule of Jesus. He is your boss. He is your Lord. Freedom comes by knowing him. Identity. Many of us put our identity in our jobs, who we're married to, our children, things like that. Where we were born, our class status, our Britishness, our whatever nationality you are, our color, our creed. But no, you have a new identity. You are now a child of God. That is worth a smile, Jackie, you're right. Wonderful. You are a child of God. That is your identity. In a world that is seeking to find its identity, you can say, I am a child of God. And finally, hope. I touched on it earlier. There is is nothing that can uh, beat the thought of eternal life. That is what awaits you. Live your life changing to become more Christ-like every day, but your hope is that death cannot hold you any longer. Sin has no grip over you anymore.
uh, let's just, I'm just going to prove what I've said is in the Bible. So if I can just have the scripture Romans 3 up. And I will read it to you. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. We're all stones in the pool. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in the present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. So, uh, Jackie and Mary and Helen are now, they have put their faith in Jesus. They are now made righteous. They are made right with God, and death cannot hold them. One last thing about the Easter story. After the ascension, Jesus also sent his spirit to us at Pentecost, at Whitson, so that we can be filled with the Spirit, with the power of the Spirit, to make those choices not to sin anymore, to know him more, and to love him more by his Spirit. Okay, I've just got one last thing. Um, I, I don't know how I got on to this. I, I, I'm on Facebook, and one of the things that I... I suddenly found myself on was this uh, punk band um, website, the sort of community website. And they're, they're friends of my son, and I kind of, I'm interested in what they say, but their music, it's not the most godly stuff. But anyway, people write onto, their, onto the website their personal issues because it's a community. They, they're looking for help. And... Uh, this is what somebody wrote recently, and I thought this is an eternal story that Jesus actually spoke of. This is from a guy called Jack Graham. I've no idea who he is. He said, I've had a few hard, time, a few hard months where I've basically been between jobs, working short-term jobs, going stretches without food. Now, I come from quite a privileged background comparatively to that tale, but cut from it quite young and always tried to be independent. I've been at my mum's tonight and talking about all this, she's told me she wants to help me and pay for counselling and to help me move somewhere I want to be. It's a strange thing to accept. Help from my privileged position and I don't know how to feel about it. I guess in the end it's easier to help others if I'm okay too. But it feels like I'm losing a sense of solidarity. I don't know. I was just wondering if any of you had had a similar conflict. I don't want to keep struggling 
but I feel guilty for taking advantage of the privilege I have. The response from all the people on that was take the help. Take the help from your mother. This is a story. It's a prodigal son story. It is like each one of us. If you don't know Jesus, you have a heaven. You have a privileged father in heaven who wants to help you. And he will help you. All you have to do is say, I would like to accept your help. So let's just, let me just pray for you. <clears throat> if you don't know Jesus, then just say amen to the end of my prayer. Heavenly Father, I would love to take your hand that you have offered to me. I want to know you more. I see that you have taken my sin from me. And I am now no longer, I can no longer be confined by my sin and death does not hold me. Will you please take my sin as I repent of the things I have done wrong and give me eternal life. Amen. Let me just pray for, for Jackie and Mary and Helen. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that as... They go into the pool as it symbolizes death. They will rise up filled with life, new life, a new life in abundance, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that this pool of, of uh, baptism symbolizes the defeat of the cross over sin and death. And I pray, Lord God, that Jackie, Mary, and Helen will know the power of your resurrection love today and for the rest of their days, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Do you want to get the, the rocks out? If you did pray that, or if you want to know more about Jesus, if you still got questions then please, after the baptisms, find me. I would really want to talk to you. It is important. It is a, there's a real urgency about these things in these days. And there is a way that you can find freedom from these, from sin and death.